1: Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise.
3: Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything.
4: You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Final hour on this Wednesday, Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Just found out that Michael Bublé is going to join us on Friday. Nice. Yeah, Fritzy reached out. He goes, should I reach out to Michael Bublé? We were talking about him a couple of days ago. I said, sure. Yeah, have Michael Bublé join us. And uh, he was on vacation And uh, we heard from Michael Bublé's people, and he will join us on Friday.
2: He's on a mission to prove to you and all of us that uh, there's something even more special than we may have ever envisioned about Michael, especially this time of the year.
4: All right. I think uh, that we should all sing a line from one of his songs for Michael Bublé to judge. You guys up for that? I know Todd is. Um,
5: Totally. Bublé Friday. Yeah.
4: Got the world on a string. Yeah, baby. The rainbow. Yeah. So Michael Bublé is going to ju- Does he know that we were having a little bit of fun? Oh, he
2: absolutely does. He's a very good sport. That, okay. was, that was made very clear to me.
4: Okay. Because I'd feel really bad if uh, he didn't know that we were having a little bit of fun there. Yes, Todd. And
2: we just heard a uh, word Ron Rivera will join us tomorrow.
4: Oh, good. As will Tony Dungy. All righty. Oh, a great singer. All right. Ron Rivera. I got all of his albums. Thank you, Todd. 877-3DP-SHOW, email address, dp at danpatrick.com. Weird day in college basketball. Syracuse lost on Tuesday, second time that Coach K, Roy Williams, and Jim Beheim have all lost on the same day. Duke's already lost two games at home this season, and uh, they got beat by Illinois double digits there. Now, granted, it's not Cameron Indoor and the crazies there, but it's still Duke losing at home. I've, I've watched some basketball, uh, you know, Creighton, Kansas. I watched that. I mean, I'm trying. It's just going to take a little while here before I really get all in, if I even get all in on college basketball. Let me get a couple of phone calls. Uh, Greg in Arizona. Hey, Greg, thanks for holding. What do you have for me today?
6: Hey, DP, thanks for your call here. Um, so I'm, I'm just – my thing is the Ohio State. Being number four, um, Cincinnati, you know, having not played in a a while, had dropped a place, and then you have Ohio State, who's played five games. But when they were, you know, 4-0, they moved up a spot to number three and recently just moved back. But do you think there's any favor towards Ohio State because of, I guess, the strength of program?
4: Oh, sure. Uh, In my
6: opinion, Big Ten being a little weaker than the SEC, I'm a big Gators fan, but I still think A&M should be in that fourth spot.
4: Okay. Um, Yeah, I've said before, Ohio State to me is going to be in the Final Four based off of the history of Ohio State football because there's nothing that says, boy, look at what we've done this year. The eye test. But I've said it and I I hate repeating myself about this, but it's a TV show, the Final Four. You want the blue bloods in there the best you can. A&M might be worthy of being in there. Can't see it happening. Cincinnati, undefeated. Can't see it happening. If Florida beats Alabama and Clemson beats Notre Dame, it feels like Florida, Alabama, Clemson, and Notre Dame will be in the Final Four. I think that's the only way that Ohio State gets shut out. But if I'm Ohio State, I'm already in the Final Four. And I'm going to assume Alabama's going to beat Florida. So that takes Florida out of the equation. Texas A&M doesn't have another game that it can schedule. And for those of you saying A&M and Ohio State should play each other, well, it's not going to happen. If I'm Ohio State, I'm in the Final Four. Why do I want to risk that on a neutral field against AM? i A&M? I'm already in there. AM needs this more than Ohio State needs this. Plus, you have SEC and Big Ten. You know, the safety guidelines, COVID guidelines are completely different. Also, would it be CBS that carries this game? Would it be Fox? Because... Foxwood won Ohio State. They lost Ohio State-Michigan. And then the SEC with Texas A&M. There, there's just too many hurdles. It, it, it sounds good, but it's not going to happen. I'd love it. You know, love to see it happen. It's just not going to happen. If I'm Ohio State, if I don't play in the Big Ten championship, who cares? If I play the second-place game in the Big Ten, it doesn't matter. As long as Ohio State wins then they would be going into the, you know, the final four. I mean, I just feel that that's what's going to happen here. Unless Florida shocks Alabama. Because if Clemson would blow out Notre Dame, I don't think Notre Dame falls all the way out. And if that game is close, then Notre Dame and Clemson are going to stay in the top four. Well, the loser would stay in the top four. Now you might say, well, if Clemson loses to Notre Dame twice, would they fall out? And that's a discussion, you know, that, you know, we we could certainly look at that. But I would think they want to keep Trevor Lawrence in there the best they can. Um, But yeah, I mean, as much as we love the underdog, we watch sports, we remember the underdog when they do something, uh, you know, dramatic, uh, out of nowhere. But it doesn't happen in college football. Like you'll get, um, you know, Ty Detmer at BYU out of nowhere. Heisman Trophy. Or Doug Flutie, out of nowhere, Heisman Trophy. But you're not getting those teams playing for a national championship. Remember when BYU didn't BYU beat a six and six Michigan team with Robbie Bosco as the quarterback at BYU?
5: Yeah, like the Liberty Bowl or something.
4: Yeah. But but you don't sometimes you'll get the upset in a bowl game, but not where there's big money at stake here. Because Cincinnati, you could say they passed the eye test. But you have to have watched them to see if they passed the eye test. And Cincinnati has been consistent and been a very good team. And a really interesting story. But they're not going to be playing for the national title. And it just feels like every year. It doesn't take any genius, any insight for me to say at the beginning of the year, Clemson, Alabama, and Ohio State. Right? Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State. Now, you could then go, Notre Dame at some point is going to be mentioned in there in the top eight teams. Top seven. But it, that, that's, the, the deck is already stacked. That You already know and you have a preconceived idea. They're good teams. They got pedigree here. And that's where we are right now. Yeah, Paul.
5: Dan, you had it exactly right. I've got the preseason college football rankings. Clemson was number one. They had 38 first-place votes. Ohio State, number two, 21 first-place votes. Alabama was third, two first-place votes. No one else got a first-place vote. Notre Dame was 10th. So they're, they're the farthest team to get there, but they've got you know history and NBC on their side. Yeah. They've got a lot of help.
4: Yeah, and you got a good team. you got a good quarterback, um, and it's Notre Dame. You're going to tune in. Either you want to see him win or you want to see him lose. Yeah, McLevin.
7: I'm going to miss out uh, watching Oklahoma lose by 30 in that final four game, by the way.
4: Wow. 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 They're the fourth. They're always the fourth team. Yeah. But you could have said Oklahoma will be in there uh, in the top five and Notre Dame will be in there as well. So you know that there's three that are going to be in there. You absolutely positively knew that Clemson was going to be in there. Alabama is going to be in there and Ohio State. And then you have one other team that might be an outlier. And I wouldn't consider Oklahoma or Ohio State an outlier. But that's what college football has become. I don't care if Ohio State plays one more game or they play for the Big Ten championship. It doesn't matter to me. Ohio State doesn't have to play another game and they can still qualify for the Final Four. That's why they don't need to go... Let's get A to you know play us, and uh, or let let's get a game against Nebraska. Let's play Nebraska again. If I'm Ohio State, I don't need to. I had all of these COVID cases. My coach couldn't coach. We blew out Michigan State, and then we'll play one more game. Whoever finishes in second place in the uh, other division in the Big Ten will face them. All right. So what? It's not going to matter. Oh, they don't have six uh, six games. It doesn't matter. I wouldn't care about the Big Ten title, but I'd certainly care about being in the Final Four. DJ in Nebraska joins us. Hey, DJ. Hey, DP. How you doing? Good, sir. Hey, uh,
2: so with everything going on with COVID and everything and everybody's trying different things and experimenting, wouldn't this be a good time to try to expand the playoffs just for this year to try it out?
4: Oh, we're well past that, DJ. You know, that was a uh, topic, what, six weeks ago? Maybe even longer. Where I said, this is the year to expand it because you didn't have fans. Uh, you have athletic departments decimated because the amount of money that is generated by these football programs, this was the year. And then you wouldn't have had BYU scrambling to go play Coastal Carolina. Or maybe... You know they would have faced somebody else. like it felt like BYU was really really desperate to just have somebody notice them, and that proved to be a very very tough opponent on their field, home field, and it cost them. But if you said eight teams get in, then maybe it's different, and maybe they still play Coastal Carolina. But you know BYU, anyone anywhere, and it came back to haunt them because if that game's in BYU, I do believe it's a different game. But Coastal Carolina was better than BYU this weekend. Absolutely. But Cincinnati would be in. Iowa State might be in the uh, the final eight. Somehow they'd try to get Georgia in there. But at least you would have a better storyline than just these four, four schools that are usually in there every single year. Uh, James in Virginia. Hi, James.
2: Oh, Good morning, brother. Thank you for taking my call. Happy Wednesday, man. We are Washington. I hear you guys talking about um, all this uh, nonsense about the college football playoff, and I just wonder, is USC, man, they're undefeated. That's a blue-blood <laughs> uh, 4-0 and team right there, man. I mean, if they go 5-0, and and they've looked good the past couple weeks, couldn't they squeeze in? Wouldn't isn't that you bring in a whole another side of the country when you bring in USC? If we're talking about a television product, I don't know, man. I'm just thinking out loud, man. I'm still living off of the Washington. <laughs> you guys have a great day. Thank you,
6: man.
4: Thank you, James and Ron Rivera. Your coach will be on with us tomorrow. Uh, USC. It's been a long time since USC factored in nationally, and yeah, they're undefeated. But you're you're not talking about a relevant national power in USC. Yes, Pauline.
5: USC started the season, preseason ranked 16th. They're 4-0. One of their games was at 9 a.m. Eastern or 9 a.m. Pacific time, and nobody saw it. It went overtime. The other night they played on Sunday, which nobody saw. They're 4-0. They're undefeated. They moved up one spot. They're 15th in the country. Yeah. You
4: know, it feels like they have, um, not accidentally, but, I mean, they've won some games that could have gone either way here. So it's not where you go, boy, they passed the eye test. Even during a normal season, I don't know if USC passes the eye test here. And the Pac-12's been a mess. Yes, McLevin?
7: Is Ohio State worried about rust if they don't play? Say they got stuck at 5-0. Haven't they been disrupted through practices? Remember when Ryan Day was on? He's like, I can't practice.
4: Yeah. And I think that is the reason why I'd want to play one more game. But I want to play it against an opponent that I feel comfortable against. And that is... If you say it's going to be Iowa or whoever it might be that they face, I don't want to go I don't want to go outside my conference to bring in Texas A&M. I risk everything against Texas A&M. If I beat Texas A&M, I'm still in the final 4, but I'm not moving above Clemson and I'm not moving above Notre Dame or Alabama right now. Now, would it help you if it it would help in the seeding probably where they might be the third team and you know, so then they would be facing the number two team in the in the playoffs. But if I'm Ohio State, I don't want to help Texas A&M or give them that possibility of somehow leapfrogging Ohio State. Uh, the Ravens handled the Cowboys 34 to 17, and uh, the numbers aren't pretty if you're a Dallas fan because they rank last and last in the NFL in uh, rushing yards allowed. And they certainly didn't help that number last night because the Ravens rushed for 294. The Cowboys had allowed 290 more yards in a game rushing one time going into this season. They have now done that twice in nine games. The last nine games, the Browns in week four and the Ravens last night. Also, Lamar Jackson has at least one touchdown pass and, uh, and one rushing touchdown in 32 consecutive games. Longest streak in the NFL. Stat of the day, stat of the day. Pap, pap. Stat of the day, stat of the day. Here comes that what? Stat of the day. Pap. I just saw this. Paulie sent this to me. I mentioned that Duke lost uh, by double digits to Illinois. A good Illinois team. Uh Mike Krzyzewski questions playing basketball during the pandemic. Um, I would just like for the safety, the mental and physical health of players and the staff to assess where we are. Um, what else does he say? Um, Krzyzewski says most players won't be able to go home and visit family for the holidays that uh, this is a time when they should be able to do that for their mental health. We're just plowing through this right now. I don't know if Coach said that to start the year. But you lose back-to-back games and you lose home games as well, then I don't know. Does uh, John Calipari feel the same way? Because he's losing games as well. But uh, I don't know. Timing of that certainly is interesting. Also, uh, Matt Campbell is uh, at uh, Iowa State, and his name has been mentioned the last couple of years as maybe somebody who could go to a bigger program. You know, could you see him taking over at Texas? Could you see him taking over at Michigan? Uh, Midwest guy, he was at Mountain Union for a while, I think Toledo, maybe another Mac school, Akron. And then he's done a really good job at Iowa State. According to a report from Dennis Dodd, who appeared on ESPN's College Football XM channel, despite reports to the contrary, Campbell's not interested in the Texas job, and the two jobs he has his eye on are Ohio State and Notre Dame. Well, I don't think they're going to be open anytime soon. (laughs) Don't think so. I would think Michigan might be open and him being a Midwest guy, would that be something that he would entertain? Yes. McLovin. Uh, is it assuming
7: that maybe one of those two guys, uh, Ryan day or Brian Kelly would go to the NFL. Remember the NFL Brian Kelly stuff was hot about a year or two ago.
4: I'm told that ain't happened. But I think that the, you know, Notre Dame fans or the, at least the alumni were like, is this as good as we're going to get is, is this, you know, do we have a glass ceiling here? And I think the win against Clemson, the fact that you could say they have a legitimate national title contender this year. And I think in previous years, we've sort of convinced ourselves that Notre Dame belonged in the final four, or they could uh, hold their own against the big boys beating Clemson. I think that was, that was big. Now you can say Clemson had injuries or the COVID and they had no Trevor Lawrence. uh, But you know That was a big win, I think, perception-wise for Notre Dame that they can go toe-to-toe with Alabama and Clemson. But I, I don't see... In fact, I, I think Brian Kelly just signed an extension at Notre Dame, if memory serves me correctly. And Ryan <laughs> yeah, Day... Yeah, but do uh, extensions in college really mean anything? <laughs> you're right. You're right. Uh, Ryan Day strikes me as a college coach. He doesn't strike me as uh NFL coach. And I think Brian Kelly, I think that was always... I was told years ago... That John Harbaugh, this is where Baltimore wasn't sure about John Harbaugh, and that John Harbaugh was the uh, the heir apparent at Notre Dame. That there were alumni boosters who wanted John Harbaugh to take over for Brian Kelly. Well, things have obviously changed for both of those coaches, and they're not going anywhere. But uh, you know, Matt Campbell at some point is going to get himself a pretty good job. We'll take a break. We'll talk some more college football with Paul Feinbaum on loan from the mothership. It's coming up on 20 after the hour, right here on the Dan Patrick show. Built bar. Mm, Built bar. Now I have the built bars out in the mailroom, and I open up the packages and I just let everybody back there because what is mine is everybody else's. It shouldn't be, but it it turns out to be that. So I just said, let's not, you know, hide it. Let's just put it out there. And then I see Todd. Todd brings in a briefcase. And I don't know what's in the briefcase. He ah. brings the briefcase. Yeah, you didn't think yeah. I noticed. Okay,
2: did hidden cameras. That's so nice.
4: he brings in his briefcase. Don't know what's in there. He brings it in, puts it on his desk, unpacks, and then he'll leave for the day and he'll pack it up and then go. So I see Todd putting in some built bars in his briefcase. I did do that. And I said, Todd, what are you doing? He goes, well, just for the trip home. And I said, well... Okay. The long drive. Got to have at least one of those. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, Built Bars. You don't binge watch, but you binge eat. I do. BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code DP. Get 20% off your first order. Promo code DP, 20% off. BuiltBar.com. Why not eat something that's good for you and actually
0: You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
3: Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Fistle Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25 until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash concertweek to learn more. And plan your summer with Champ Paul, Sum 41, 30 seconds from Mars. Oh, and two Door Cinema Club.
1: Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com.
3: It's my little escape.
1: Now Judy's the life of the party.
3: Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon.
1: Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> Jumba. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes.
4: J-j-jumba. ChumbaCasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
4: We'll get some more phone calls coming up. Tony Dungy is on the program tomorrow. Ron Rivera, the Washington football team. And, of course, You've come to expect guests like Michael Bublé, who will join us coming up on Friday. I was looking at the email chain that Todd was sending to Michael Bublé's people. It's very entertaining. And I thought, they have no idea who I am. And then Todd comes back. He goes, uh, hey, Michael Bublé is all in. He wants to come on the show on Friday. And I go, Okay. Michael Bublé.
2: But there were references to I know you guys had some fun in his (laughs) expenses. Somehow, some way, even if they're not fans, it got back to them that uh, we got cute
4: a little bit. Uh, He's Paul Feinbaum, ESPN radio host, and he hosts uh, a show called The Paul Feinbaum Show, which is convenient because he's Paul Feinbaum, the voice of the SEC. Paul, thanks for joining us. What would you do if you're Ohio State this weekend?
6: I would call Michael Bublé for advice. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, I would hope that right now, Dan, and you, I know you have a lot better sources in the Big Ten than I do. That uh, the Big Ten athletic directors are currently meeting and 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 find a, find a game for them. I think finding a game, and I heard you mention that a minute ago, is better than just saying, "Okay, well, you don't have to play this weekend, but you're in the Big Ten championship game anyway." It really isn't that complicated. I don't, I don't think this is. You know, they're they're hanging on. Uh, you know, Marbury versus Madison is case law from 203 years ago. I mean, they just—they just—they've made up everything they've done so far. So why not make up another week of worth of rules?
4: But also, I—I I saw where on social media and some people have suggested uh, Ohio State and Texas A and M, and I thought, well, if I'm Ohio State, why am I giving Texas A and M a chance to maybe leapfrog us if they would happen to beat us? Ohio State's already in the Final Four. Texas A and M is going to be on the outside looking in.
6: Yeah, I, I, I mean, other than the fact that we all yearn for a quality football game this weekend, which uh, we are not in, uh, in, in over, we're not overly uh, going to be uh, filled with that in terms of voracious appetites. Uh, there, there really isn't a reason. It's just for fun. Um, you know, it, it's a play-in game. But, but you're absolutely right. Uh, Ohio State will probably be in the playoffs as long as they have uh, a game next weekend, and and they'll either play Northwestern or Wisconsin or. Or, or someone, uh, and uh, at 6-0, and o, uh, they will pass Mustard. I mean, if the committee didn't think they were worthy, they, they wouldn't be number four, yeah. and that's where they are right now.
4: Yeah, how do you see this playing out?
6: I, I think we'll have a resolution today. Um, no, uh, as far
4: as the, the, uh, oh, the playoffs. So your four oh, teams, do you think, will be who? Yeah, I'm...
6: Uh, um, I'm still thinking of Michael Bublé, and when I saw that Steve Kornacki was on before me, I, I'm kind of wanted to go run. So uh, here's the deal: uh, I, I'd say it's Alabama. Uh, I think I think Clemson will beat Notre Dame, so Clemson gets in there. Uh, I think Notre Dame will still get in there, and and it will be Ohio State, just just
4: just like we ordered it before the season. Can Florida beat Alabama?
6: I I think it would take a, an extraordinary uh, set of circumstances, uh, and and I don't see that happening uh, right now, Dan. Alabama looks unbeatable to me. Uh, I mean, they are they are so potent on offense, and the biggest change is on defense. Uh, after the Old Miss game two months ago, uh, they were ready to fire the, uh, the defensive coordinator. It looked like Sabin was too. And they have really shored up and gotten extremely stingy. And on top of that, it's just an embarrassment of uh, of riches on the offensive side. Uh, Alabama has three guys that you could you can make a compelling case to win the Heisman Trophy. In uh, Devonte Smith, the wide receiver, uh, Najee Harris, who doesn't, uh, who might as well be in missing persons right now, uh, in the witness protection program—you don't really hear about him yeah. at all—and he's one of—he he may be the best running back in the country. And obviously, Mac Jones, who uh, is a co-favorite with Kyle Trask to win the whole thing.
4: You start to look at this Alabama team, and and when was the evolution of the offensive side of things for Nick Saban? Because he used to they run the football and play great defense. But then it felt like, hey, he looked around and said, I kind of have to, if I'm I'm going to get these you know, skilled position players and they all want to go to the NFL and I'm going to compete with some of these other uh, outliers in the SEC or playing great offense. Was there a moment where it changed for Nick Saban and his philosophy?
6: Yeah, it, it it came really uh, around 2013, 2014. Uh, Nick Saban thought he could influence the, the, the college football rules committee and slow the slow the game down. Uh, the hurry up was was killing him. His defenses were not prepared for it, and you know he lost the national championship uh, that year on the famous kick six play. And he decided, uh, you know what, I'm I don't think I can beat this, so I, I'm going to join. And he hired Lane Kiffin. Uh, there is no getting around Lane, Lane Kiffin was the reason Alabama entered the modern era in offense and Kiffin changed it. He, he, he helped him recruiting immensely. Uh, Kiffin played a huge role in, in Tua Tungavailoa coming to Alabama and, and, and a number of other players. And then, you know, Kiffin from there, uh, it, it, you know, Sark came in. Uh, Brian Dayball, by the way, was it was was in between, and he was not particularly uh, liked at Alabama, although he's now quite quite well respected in the in the NFL. And then Sark came back and just you know, finished the job that Lane Kiffin started.
4: We're talking to Paul Feinbaum from the Mothership, host of the Paul Feinbaum Show, the voice of the SEC. I know that, and I I was told this by a source because I said, "Why don't we expand the playoffs this year? Given everything that's happened, athletic departments have been decimated." Now I get. Eight schools in there. Um, I get, you know, maybe five or six teams that are, are at least playing important games and maybe getting a chance to get in there. But if, why would the SEC not be in favor of this? Because I was told that and I thought the SEC could get half of the eight teams in there, Paul.
6: Uh, it's true, but uh, you know the, the the men who run these uh, college football Power Five conferences, Dan. I, please, I hope you're sitting down. I know you are. Uh, they're traditionalists, and they do not like to change. Uh, I mean, I, I think we're pretty lucky we have four teams right now. The way these guys operate things, and 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 you're right about the SEC, but the SEC still has a legitimate shot at getting two in they have three contending uh they have one automatic and you know they all see i mean we watched last august as uh, you know the the five families of college football uh the dons could not agree on anything uh, you had the, the three conferences wanting to play you had the two that didn't and and that is the dysfunctionality of college football the simple things don't ever happen and by the way this was definitely the year to do it yeah. and you know I, I will you could direct a question to to my bosses at the mothership they, they, they do have a say uh, in, in this altogether but in the end Dan, uh, it, it should have happened, although I will say the, the opposite, the, the underbelly of it is I'm not sure how well it would have worked because I, I still think the next three to four weeks is going to be a challenge to get these games in, uh, especially with a game, the semifinal game slated for the Rose Bowl. I mean, right now, I, can you go out of your house in in, in, in California?
4: Yeah, you might have to relocate to Arizona. The Fiesta Bowl would be hosting the Rose Bowl as well. <laughs> would you rather have Nick Saban on the show or Jim Harbaugh?
6: Jim Harbaugh, uh, and 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 I say that only because I, you know I've done Saban. I mean, there's, there's, uh, you you've interviewed uh, Nick Saban. I mean, and and he's the greatest coach of all time. But uh, I know what he's going to say. Jim Harbaugh, I don't know. Um, you know, it's funny, uh, you know, Harbaugh is just one of the most complicated and interesting people in all of sports. But, and not that he really says interesting things, but I, I believe, and you you may know him, um, I had the opportunity to get together with him about two years ago, uh, set up by his brother-in-law, Tom Crean. And it, there, were, there were some complications and I, it was my fault. I couldn't get up there. I was in California working on... Something And uh, I, I'm sorry that I missed it out because I, I really believe deep down he's a, he's a fascinating guy. He's just not a particularly good college football coach right now.
4: Yeah, because that's always weird if you're – like our job is not to have preferential treatment. Like you're supposed yeah. to see it and then say it, not factor in, well, I do like this guy. And right. you've been brutally honest about Jim Harbaugh not being a great coach or being overrated or I, – I don't want to – I'm paraphrasing here, but – you, you I've said it all. How awkward would it be though? Like if I said, Hey, Jim Harbaugh would love to meet you. And, uh, he's going to be in the area. He's going to be at the mothership and he wants to meet with you at ESPN.
6: I I would do it in a second. And by the way, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in my sixties now, Dan. I've had a career of, of, having awkward meetings with people that did not like me, uh, it wouldn't be the first time. So I there, there, there's a there's an art of the deal, so to speak, not to recreate a bestseller from from the 80s and 90s. But uh, I, I'm always willing to meet anyone. I, I, and, and, and you guys like us, we don't dislike people personally. It's just we, we say what we believe. It's, it's not personal.
4: What's the most awkward encounter you've had? in this interesting uh,
6: Interestingly, it was Lane Kiffin. Um, uh, I don't know how much time we have. But I'll tell you this quick story. I was on college game day in uh, 2013 before they played, I think it was Arizona. And, and I said, if, 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 if USC can't win tonight, uh, Lane Kiffin should be fired. Well, guess what? They didn't win and he was fired. <laughs> And uh, the next morning on uh, uh, SportsCenter pretty much blamed me for the uh, firing. And uh, I, I said he was the Miley Cyrus of college football. And I mean, I got uh, so two weeks later, I'm out in uh, the University of Washington doing game day and I find out uh, a couple hours uh, the night before that Lane Kiffin was going to give his first interview. So I'm in the I walk in the meeting and there's Lane Kiffin and I I was a little bit cautious so I just decided. Screw it. I'm going to walk over to him. I didn't know whether he was going to throw a punch. Not that I was overly concerned about getting punched out by Lane Kiffin. But uh, I said hello. We ended up becoming fast friends. We started corresponding. He sent me a Miley Cyrus uh, uh, song the next day. And uh, it it, it, wait, 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 wait.
4: A Miley Cyrus song?
6: Yeah, uh, he I, see, I called him the Miley Cyrus of college football coaches. So um, uh, and uh, he uh, yeah, he he showed me his personality. So, I mean, I, after that, I'm, I'm really not afraid of anyone. But I've, I've talked to people that I've called for, for their firings before. So it, it can be awkward even years later. Um, but uh, you know, it, it does, to quote, the oldest cliche in the business come with the territory.
4: Yeah. And there are times you say something and then you have no idea why somebody's mad at you. Or somebody will say, oh, uh, he heard what you said. And I'll be like, I, I, spent, I have three hours a day, five days a week, and I've been doing this for over 30 years. Chances are somebody's going to be upset at something I said. You're, you're never quite sure if they heard it or somebody relayed it to. And usually right. when they relay it to somebody, it's far worse than when they hear it on their own.
6: I've had people come at me from 25 years ago. Uh, It wasn't that long ago. A coach that I wrote an article about when I was a newspaper uh, writer uh, and he was fired. Uh, He started attacking me at an event. And I'm like going, I mean, buddy, this is this is at least 25 years in the past. But, you know, to that person, and it's really a lesson. These things, they never leave you. uh, Although, you know, some of them probably could use some psychiatric counseling.
4: Of all the fan bases, though. What's the, what's the one that maybe most sensitive or makes you a little nervous?
6: Um, well, I, I spent most of my life in Alabama, so I would never come after the Crimson Tide fans <laughs>
4: or Auburn. Uh, uh, I, I
6: have I have had more problems um, with Michigan fans because they just seem like they're everywhere. Uh, and until recently, I mean, I, I, I was about two years ago. I was walking down in Georgetown, and a Michigan fan to like came up to me and wanted to accost me. Um, they, 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 they are in another world because, the, Dan, Michigan, Michigan, even, even though they haven't, they've won, I think, one and a half national championships in 50 years, uh, they still think they're elite. So when you criticize Harbaugh, and they, until recently, when you have, when you criticize Harbaugh, they took it so personally. They still take it personally, but uh, you know they, they don't bother me as much. But but, but they're, they're probably the most difficult fan base I have had to deal with.
4: These comments aren't going to help that situation, Paul. <laughs>
6: <laughs> the good news is I'm not, I'm not traveling to Michigan. Yeah, anytime, anytime
4: soon. soon. Yeah, no reason to go there. Um, hey, no. great great to talk to you, and uh, thanks for joining us as always, Paul.
6: Dan, it's always a pleasure. Thank you for having me.
4: That's Paul Feinbaum, ESPN Radio host, host of the Paul Feinbaum show, the voice of the SEC. I got I got to stand here for you. In fact, this deserves stat of the day music prior to the stat of the day. Najee Harris leads the nation with 20 rushing touchdowns. Devontae Smith, his teammate, tied for first with 15 receiving touchdowns. Last team to finish the season as a national leader in both rushing and receiving touchdowns, USC in 2005. Lendale White and Dwayne Jarrett. Start of the day! Start of the day! Start
1: of the day! Start of the day! Of the day. Here comes the
4: start of the day. Remember Lendale White? Scored 24 touchdowns in 2005. Dwayne Jarrett had 16 receiving touchdowns. One of the great college teams of all time. Didn't Lindale White go to Tennessee? Does that sound mm-hmm. right, McLovin? And and uh, I don't know how long he lasted there, but that was, uh, you had Reggie Bush and you had Lindale White in the backfield. Yeah, McLovin.
7: Do you remember when they did that prank where Lindale White and Pete Carroll got together and threw a dummy off the roof when things were going so well? Does that <laughs> ring a bell? <laughs> Yeah, like they did this Reggie Bush, Lendale White. They were so hot that Pete Carroll was running pranks and in and during practice. Do you remember? Does that seem like twenty years ago? Is yeah. USC ever coming back to that?
4: Oh, I don't know if they're coming back anytime soon. And you know, it's just what is the priority with the school when it comes to football? And you feel like it's changed because you had Pat Hayden in there. It just feels like. Uh, Lynn Swan, it, 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 priorities feel like they changed at USC. It's all about recruiting. It's all about keeping that talent in, in the city. There's so much talent there. Uh, getting a couple of those players from outside California that want to come in. I mean, when you think about it, you know, when's the last time somebody in the Pac-12 got a recruit and uh, everybody else around the country was like, how did we not get them? whether somebody from Texas or somebody from Ohio, somebody from Florida, you know, that's usually what happens. But, you know, what used to be? Now, I watched the Washington game against uh, Stanford. I've watched a couple of Pac-12 games this year, and you just don't hear about those marquee players, those marquee recruits there. And, you know, that's the problem I have with Michigan. You're in Michigan. You've recruited before in Ohio or Pennsylvania, or wherever it might be. Jim Harbaugh will go and sleep in your bedroom if you're a recruit that he's trying to get. But you still can't find yourself a quarterback. And that's what I find amazing at Michigan. Feels like there are so many of these four or five-star quarterbacks. And maybe they just get the wrong four or five-star recruits. But it feels like, why is it Ohio State is finding these quarterbacks who are first-round draft picks? And Michigan somehow can't. Yeah, Paulie.
5: And the transfer portal doesn't really help a place like Michigan. It bolsters Ohio State and Georgia and Alabama again and Clemson. If I'm a, some guy at... Uh, Indiana, who's a good quarterback for a couple years, and you say, man, I could could play my last year at Clemson or a smaller school than Indiana, but that transfer portal has actually helped the big boys.
4: We'll take a break. Last call for phone calls. What we learn, what's in store tomorrow. All of that coming up next year on the Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, nine until noon Eastern, six to nine Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app.
3: visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul some 41 30 seconds from Mars oh and Two Door Cinema Club hey
1: guys it is Ryan I'm not sure if you know this about me but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can I like to work but I like fun too it's a thing and now the truth is out there I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun Chumba Casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join Join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
4: I saw them warm up for uh, Springsteen in London. Gaslight Anthem. And uh, singer's got a great voice. Uh, but I haven't heard much from them in the last couple of years. But uh, I liked what I heard. Uh, last call for phone calls this day in sports history. Final results of the poll question. We'll talk to uh, Ron Rivera. Fresh off the uh, win, the Washington football team as they uh, put an end to the Steelers. Unbeaten season. Tony Dungy will also join us on the program tomorrow. NBA dress code. I did not know that there was an NBA dress code. That now they're going to have a more relaxed dress code for the head coaches. I thought it already was a relaxed you know, uh, dress code for them. Am I? Did I miss something here? It always felt like that you could be a little more casual on the sidelines. Yeah, Paulie?
5: It appears that until today or yesterday, uh, coaches had to start the game with a sport coat on during pregame in- introductions and mm-hmm. so forth. But they've, uh, according to Wojnarowski, they've loosened the rules and you could wear like a polo shirt and pants, but not like sweatpants or it's more of like a business casual look these days.
4: Yeah. College has that. Yeah, Fritzie. Is it going
5: to get to the point
2: where the NBA coaches have to wear some kind of sponsor or something on their jacket or whatever they're wearing like the players do? I'm curious if they're going to go in that direction.
4: Well, I don't know if they're going to make them Like the NFL coaches have to wear logo attire. Like Belichick will wear that hoodie and it's got a logo on it. But I, I don't know if the NBA is going to get to that. Um, you know, they were more concerned with the players and what the players were wearing. During press conferences, and I remember when it first came out, and everybody goes, "Oh, this is unfair!" You know, they're they're singling out Allen Iverson, and I had to tell people because David Stern told me, he goes, "This is about Steve uh, Nash," and I go, "What?" He goes, "Yeah, Steve Steve dresses horribly, and uh, you know, our star players, and you know, do I want a throwback jersey from Allen? No." You know, I want these guys to go in there and be presentable. And uh, But he said Steve Nash would have like a you – know, he looked like he was out of Mayberry. You know, he didn't care what he looked like when he was in there. And then all of a sudden, these players realized this is a great opportunity that I can wear designers, I can wear clothes, I can wear something that I can somehow, you know, turn into a, a, a business uh, model here. And that's what's happened. You know, these guys go into these press conferences and they get dressed up. But this was as much about Steve Nash as it was Allen Iverson when they had the NBA dress code. This day in sports history, Paulie.
5: Got a couple. The eight, 1984 Eric Dickerson of the L.A. Rams became the second pro football running back to run for more than 2,000 yards of the season, breaking O.J. Simpson's record of 2003. And in 1984, Dan, this is one of my favorites, Walter Payton of the Bears oh, against the Green Bay Packers, ran six plays at quarterback. I'm sure every all six were touchdowns. Yes. down. To right.
4: Thank you. Thank you. Remember when we had Eric Dickerson in when we were in Los Angeles? And I I said, look, I really appreciate you coming in. And he said he had to get up at like 530 to travel from where he lived to join us in studio. And he said, you know, I've got I've had so many injuries. There was a time when I would have to sleep in a chair because I was uh, like a reclining chair. And he said, I think it was uh, at least two years where he had to sleep in a a reclining chair because of all the injuries, all the damage that uh, his body took over the years you know a lot of times we don't you know they give us something and then we move on to somebody else but they have to live with what they gave us and how they gave it to us uh you know what what kind of commitment they made and eric dickerson certainly did that uh, judy in florida joins us on the program hi judy hi dan what's going on
8: uh, well um i'm as i said i'm from naples florida and i'm a long-time listener first-time caller 5'7, 130 pounds. Okay. And you guys, I, I, I just love your show. I run a lot. And um, so I listen to you when I'm running. And then when I come home, I put now with the peacock, I put you on my, my phone while I'm working out of our home office.
4: Who is your um, favorite and least favorite, Danette, Judy?
8: My favorite? I don't Um, I have a son with Williams syndrome. And. Seaton's laugh just makes him so happy. Awesome. <laughs> when he hears Seaton's laugh, he just giggles like crazy. So I have to say Seaton because right. my son just loves his laugh. Um, but I I, tried, I couldn't get uh, you guys on Monday um, to give you my best, but I surprised my husband with the early Christmas present, a, tra- a Traeger grill. Awesome. And it arrived over the weekend, so we seasoned it on Sunday, and we cooked out the last two nights. And I love it because I could use it. We used to have a charcoal, and I would be really nervous with it. But this now, um, I love it. I, I did it last night. We did um, pork chops last night. So we really, really like it. And the other reason I called, I know I'm talking fast, I get nervous. (laughs) Um, For Father's Day, we had him switch from his old golf balls to Callaway. And he had his first hole-in-one.
4: Oh, that's awesome. Uh, Judy, I'm going to have to go. Seton, give Judy a laugh here. (laughs) (laughs) That's what we learned. Brought to you by Masterclass, offering over 90 classes on a variety of topics, all taught by world-class masters at the top of their field. This holiday, when you buy an annual membership, get another annual membership free. Go to masterclass.com slash Patrick, masterclass.com slash Patrick. Washington football team head coach Ron Rivera and Hall of Famer Tony Dungy joining us tomorrow. Hope you will, too. One more item as we close out the show and forget the Yule log. The fire you should be focusing on is the one on your Traeger wood pellet grill. Fueled by all natural hardwood pellets, Traeger grills infuse everything you cook with amazing wood-fired flavor. I don't, it's probably every week, a couple times a week, I'll have somebody say, why is it so special? You guys talk about the Traeger grill all the time. I just said, you have to try it. And then it's easy to do, sort of set it and forget it. It's a grill that does sit, well, I... It does six things, six in one versatility. Obviously, it's a grill. Smoke, bake, roast, braise, barbecue, all in one grill. You can smoke eggnog if you want to. Pies. You can do a turkey on there, a ham on there. Wi-Fi or technology, so you don't worry about being out in the cold babysitting the grill. The Wi-Fi or technology, you control the grill right from the Traeger app using your smartphone. TraegerGirls.com slash show or visit a Traeger dealer near you. Friday is the last day to order a grill and get it before the 25th.
3: Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. On now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. There are some things that
0: are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events.